This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears are facing a very banged up Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But as long as Tom Brady is still under center, he'll be favored to win. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season is different than any other we've seen, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. On this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Bears, we'll be joined by David Harrison from Locked On Buccaneers. And he's going to take us through Tom Brady's rejuvenation this season and some of the success the Buccaneers have had offensively. We're going to go through this injury situation and what Tampa Bay might be missing out on by the time kickoff comes around, as well as how this Tampa Bay front seven has thrived while the secondary has left a bit to be desired on the back end and might just be the key for the Bears to pull off a potential upset. I think you're going to learn a lot about the Buccaneers in this conversation, so let's jump right into it. Joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast for this crossover Thursday is David Harrison, one of the hosts of Locked On Buccaneers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He also covers the team for Bucks Nation as well. And David, it's been a it's a short week here for the turnaround in this game. Uh, have you been able to catch your breath at all? I mean, it feels like we just played our week four games yesterday. Yeah, you got to love. Uh, I'm very excited for the the nation to get to see this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Uh, first primetime game of the year for the Buccaneers. So I'm very excited for that. Hoping hoping that they can come out there and present well, uh, you know, for the brand, as they like to say. But yeah, man, I mean, um, all of our post-game coverage is being condensed and all of our pre-game coverage is being condensed. I feel like I haven't stopped uh, since kickoff against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this this team play, but I, I'm also I'm also looking forward to Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it makes the week extra long. But the, you know the what the three and a half day turnaround here feels like between Sunday and Thursday, it does not give the Buccaneers a lot of time to recover. And I know mm-hmm. injuries have been perhaps the dominating storyline for them, even with everything Tom Brady related. It feels like. Every, all anyone is talking about right now around the Buccaneers, at least from the outside, is how banged up they've been. Uh, given uh, everything that's been limiting them in that regard, what injury right now do you think is the most impactful? Or what, what are you most worried about from the injury report right now? Or even, you know, O.J. Howard just moving to injured reserve. The, the latest round of guys who are out, what do you think has been the biggest impact or will be the biggest impact on the Bucs? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, O.J. Howard going out with that Achilles injury is, is definitely, uh, it's terrible news. But for me, honestly, it's more terrible news for the guy. You know, O.J. is just, he's one of those guys that once, once you get to know him a little bit, you really want to root for him. He's just a hardworking guy, doesn't ask for a lot, doesn't want a whole lot of spotlight. You know what I mean? He'll celebrate his touchdowns, but he's not the dude that's going to go out there with a, a brand new crafted dance for every time he gets in the end zone. He's just, he's a good dude who, who goes out there and does good work, so you feel for him. But really, I mean, with Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait, uh, the Buccaneers are fine in tight end depth. So, you know, you always hate to kind of slough off an injury to a player, but uh, from the from the operational standpoint, it really isn't a huge impact. Uh, it's just more disappointing for the player himself. As far as the guys that they're actually uh, looking at right now who are still on the roster, potentially trying to be active, most people are going to expect me to say Mike Evans here, but I'm actually going to say Scotty Miller. And, you know, Scotty Miller is a guy that a lot of people were excited about in preseason uh, through training camp, um, obviously about preseason games, but through the preseason process, a lot of people were, were wondering how Scotty Miller was going to connect with Tom Brady. And obviously there were, there were the, the easy comparisons, the Julian Edelman's, the Wes Welker's and all that stuff. Uh, but really once, once the football minds got to see what they were doing on the practice field, everybody saw Scotty Miller's an outside receiver. He can work from the slot, but he's a deep threat guy. He's the guy who's going to take the top off the defense, stretch the field, open up that 11, the defensive 11 and really give Tom Brady more room to operate and give those running backs even more room to operate in. And that's what we've seen from Scotty Miller so far this season. And that's his ability uh, really kind of broke out a little bit against the Los Angeles chargers last week, had two back-to-back big plays connections with Tom Brady, one of them for a touchdown. And really there were two other opportunities that Brady just kind of missed. He just overthrew him again. They're still getting comfortable with each other only four games in. So if Scotty Miller can't go, he's listed as questionable officially for the game. I think he's going to go, but if he can't go, Mike Evans is great, and, and Mike Evans is still one of the best receivers in the NFL, but Mike Evans isn't going to threaten the top of your defense uh, the way that a guy like Scotty Miller is going to. So if Mike Evans goes and Scotty doesn't, it just kind of condenses, allows the Bears defense to play just a little bit more closer uh, to the line of scrimmage on the back end. And that's, you know, that's never going to be good for any quarterback, even though you do have Tom Brady. Yeah, Scotty Miller was going to be my next question because in getting ready for this crossover, I looked at the Buccaneers and I, was, I noticed that he leads them in receiving yards this year. And I yeah. was like, who the heck is Scott Miller and why does he have more <laughs> yards than Mike Evans? So you answered that one for me pretty well. But I was curious with, with Brady in this Buccaneers offense, I think in, in New England, the idea of that system was that every week you weren't sure who the Patriots were going to beat you with. Some weeks mm-hmm. Brady would go to Edelman or to Gronk or to you know running back on the backfield. Wherever they saw the weakness in the opposing defense seemed to be where the Patriots offense with Brady was going to go to win. Has that been the case in Tampa Bay, or have they been particularly reliant on you know Evans and Scotty Miller? And I know some more O.J. Howard before he was hurt, but you know it, it, how... How dynamic, how different does this offense fluctuate from week to week, or do they kind of tend to rely on the same guys in the same ways? Yeah, Tom Brady is the same quarterback he's been in since he stepped on the field to replace an injured Drew Blood. So he's going to take what the defense has given him. Uh, if the defense is giving him and Mike Evans two targets for two catches for two yards and two touchdowns, that's exactly what he's going to take. And, and Mike Evans was asked after that game you know, how he felt because he's, he's got a 1,000-yard streak. Uh, on the line here this season. And so the the media asked him about that streak, and he said, I don't care about that streak. As long as we're winning games, I'm happy. And that's exactly what this team uh, embodies. That's exactly what these players, how these players play the game. And, you know, that's why Tom Brady's fit in so well with this cast of guys because there are no egos uh, on this roster. None of them needs to be the superstar. None of them needs to be on the highlight reel. What they want to do is add, they want to add numbers to the win column and play football in January and hopefully February. And that's exactly what you see happening. I mean, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, got his first NFL action last week. He, he connected with Tom Brady for his first NFL touchdown, and everybody loves it. Nobody's jealous. There's not Ronald Jones on the sideline saying, man, that should be my touchdown. None of that's going on. So, yeah, man, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, 
Tom Brady is your worst nightmare because there are a lot of people who don't care about your fantasy team, but I don't know if anybody cares less about your fantasy team than Tom Brady does. So good luck to all you fantasy people out there trying to play Buccaneers players. Yeah, I think Bears fans have had a similar experience outside of Allen Robinson this season when it comes to like consistent fantasy production. But I know for the Buccaneers that extends even beyond just their pass catchers. So up next on the podcast, we'll look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers running game and how the Bruce Arians offense is functioning before we turn our attention to a defense that's a little bit underrated at this point. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. Tom Brady's offenses always seem to have interchangeable parts, and there's nobody that knows more about interchangeable parts than our friends at rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Their catalog is insane. They've got anything you could possibly think of for your vehicle, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And I love how easy it is to navigate. You just look up your car's make and model, and then you can sort by the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Because some chain stores will actually have different price tiers for professional mechanics as opposed to do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or just our favorite shops, Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. We're here with David Harrison from Locked On Buccaneers for this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Bears and David, I wanted to ask you about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers running game. It's like I think you look at Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in isolation and you see they both have a pretty decent yards per carry average. They both seem to be able to move the ball when they're getting those opportunities. But the Buccaneers have been a, a fairly pass-heavy team and haven't had too much trouble. I mean, they haven't necessarily needed to run the ball. The Bears' run defense has been suspect at times this season. I guess, how, how would you characterize this Buccaneers running game? Has some of it been, you know, from falling behind in a couple of games and needing to come back a little bit here and there, or is they just is it just Bruce Arians loving to throw the ball? I think it's a little bit of both, and I think you definitely touched on something that not a lot of people are talking about. I mean, the Buccaneers come into this game 3-1 and one atop the NFC South, uh, you know, one of just five teams in the NFC with three or more wins, and that's all great. But uh, when you look at the actual games, they spent – uh, about 80% of two of their games trailing. You know, they trailed for pretty much the entire game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Once the Chargers took that lead, it took them a good minute to get back in the game. Probably not that 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 big of a percentage, but they trailed for a good amount in that game. And of course, New Orleans, 
And then, you know, they, they did really well in the other two games, but still about, you know, close to probably 40, 35% of the season, they've actually been behind and that's going to create more passing for any team. Uh, for the running game them- itself, it's definitely a work in progress. It seems to be getting better. Ronald Jones had 100 yards uh, last week against the Los Angeles Chargers, which is incredibly important because as they're coming back from that deficit, they're still able to to incorporate their running back and get the running game going to help them out a little bit with Leonard Fournette potentially coming back. He's doubtful, honestly. I don't expect him to play unless they absolutely need him to. He may not even be active, to be honest with you. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn is somebody that I expect to see uh, a lot more out of than we have already this season. Got his first bit of action, like I already mentioned last week. I feel like this week you're going to see a much bigger uptick. But really, this is the opportunity for Ronald Jones to show that maybe he can be a three-down back. He had some some struggles with uh, pass catching, and we know that Tom Brady loves to get his running backs involved in, in, the, in the passing game. And if he continues to struggle there, having some bad drops, then Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get more opportunities. And that's something that he did at Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt really well. And that's something that he already showed against Los Angeles Chargers that he's capable of doing is taking that taking that reception, one, catching the ball and then turning up field, making a move and making a defender uh, you know, pay for trying to get in his way on his way into the end zone. Yeah, what happened against the Los Angeles Chargers, both in that first half where the Buccaneers fell behind so early? How did they fall behind so early to the, to the Chargers? And then what changed in the second half and, and allowed them to come back in and ultimately win that game? Uh, well, a pick six doesn't help. You know, Tom Brady throws a pick six there early in the game and kind of uh, kind of hands the Chargers not only a possession, but hands them six points and then the extra point on top of it. Uh, they just looked a little bit disconnected. And honestly, Mike Evans got injured early in that game. And I feel like that kind of threw off some of the mojo there. Chris Godwin wasn't available. Uh, Scotty Miller already came into that game banged up. And and you really kind of saw it kind of fell on the shoulders of like guys like Justin Watson to almost be like a number one wide receiver. And even though Justin Watson even looks a little bit more improved this year versus last year, he's not ready to be a number one guy. Uh, we saw Brashad Perryman last year at the at, towards the end of the year when Godwin and Evans were both missing time, had to step up and become a number one. And he really kind of grew into that role. But Justin, Justin Watson's not that guy. And then you look at the running back group. Which, you know, Leonard Fournette was already out. LaShawn McCoy got hurt early in that game. Rojo, so they're leaning on Rojo. Keyshawn Vaughn, again, his first real action in the NFL. So it was just kind of a perfect storm of, of coming in already banged up and then losing some key players. Fortunately, Mike Evans was able to come in, just kind of be a warrior and gut it out. And really, you saw the Buccaneers' offense anyway start getting a little bit better uh, after Mike Evans came back in the game, knowing that he was injured, knowing how bad he was hurt. And I think that kind of inspired his teammates to play just a little bit uh, sharper than they were before that. And then the defense, I think, I don't know who, you know what I mean, but I just, I get the feeling somebody went in that locker room and probably a guy like Levante David, maybe a Devin White, maybe an Indomitian Sue, just kind of grabbed all those young fellows by the scruff and said, hey, look, you know, we've got a guy like Tom Brady on that other side. We've got to give him opportunities to put this thing together, which means we've got to hold this team uh, out of the end zone, out of scoring position. And they come out there and they hold Justin Herbert and Los Angeles Chargers to seven points in the second half, which is exactly what Brady needed to get that offense back and humming. So, yeah, totally different. You know, Bruce Arians came out in the press game or the uh, press conferences after the game and said last year, this team gets their ass kicked by 20 points. This year, they're resilient. They know how to come back. They have that quiet confidence about them. They just get back to work and they get it done. And really, most people are attributing that to Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I feel like we've fallen a little bit or I've fallen a little bit into this trap that I think a lot of people have when they talk about this Buccaneers team is that with Tom Brady and everything else going on on offense, we spend so much time on that side of the ball and it it continues to have this Buccaneers defense, I think, fly under the radar for being quietly one of the better groups, at least statistically this season and with with a lot of big name talent in that front seven in particular. Uh, How... 
I mean, it, it seems like there's there's a clear discrepancy there between the secondary and the front seven in terms of where the strength and weakness is there. But let's let's start with those guys up front. Uh, how have they been at, at getting after the quarterback? Have are the big names playing up to their big name status? And I guess how would you characterize where their strengths and weaknesses are, particularly up front? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely they're still you know one of the best, if not the best, run defenses in the National Football League. So they're everything that they've been advertised there. On the front seven, as far as the pass rush is concerned, you, you see a little bit of that creativity. Uh, we had, you know, a, f- a few Buccaneers staff members, uh, specifically staff writer Carmen Vitale, and then the senior editor of Buccaneers.com, Scott Smith, came on the show and talked about how, you know, what we saw last year from Todd Bowles' version of the Buccaneers defense is just scratching the surface. And coming into this season, you're going to see a lot, a lot more creativity from him and a lot more usage of different players in different ways. Uh, Carmen even went as far as to say that the defense last year was vanilla, which was amazing to me. Um, but we've seen it. You know, I mean, you've seen Devin White. I mean, we've seen Devin White rush off the edge. We've seen him rush on a delayed blitz, fall out. You know, it, you, you see these guys doing literally everything. And then while for some of these players, especially a guy like Shaq Barrett, you know, 19 and a half sacks uh, leading the National Football League last year, coming into this season, a lot of people kind of hoping he's going to repeat that performance. And in reality, it's just probably not likely because he took the league by storm for a reason. And that's because people didn't know who he was or they weren't paying attention to him. Well, now they know who he is. He's arrived, as they like to say. Um, but he's still getting pressures. He's still getting into the backfield. He's still causing problems. He's still forcing quarterbacks to throw off of bad platforms, rush throws maybe if, if they need to, or just being off target. So JPP on the other side also. Vita Vea is you know, getting better uh, game by game, it seems. And Dominican Sue is just that quiet professional, man. Um, the entire front seven is doing – they're doing an amazing job. Statistically, it's more as a team, you know, as far as like their DVOA rankings and all that stuff are better than maybe their individual stat lines would read. But still, this defense is wreaking havoc. Uh, for all all four opponents they face so far, and Nick Foles has got a, a big challenge ahead of him. David Montgomery probably not going to be able to do a lot against this defensive front seven. So Nick Foles is going to have a lot on his shoulders uh, come Thursday night. I think that's part of why they turn to Nick Foles because they feel like maybe in this offensive system he's more capable of shouldering some of that load. But we saw other quarterbacks have success against this Buccaneers defense earlier this season. And up next on the podcast. We'll dive into why the rookie Justin Herbert was so effective against this Tampa Bay secondary. That and more next on Locked On Bears. I think this Bears team is going to need a little extra kick to get them through the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially on a short week. And I know when I need something to help me break through my wall, I always turn to Built Go. Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy's not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. It's the newest product from the company that brought you the delicious Built Bars. And I'll tell you what, Built Go tastes great too. It's like a protein energy gel that has collagen protein in it, so it absorbs quickly, gets into your system fast, but it's just as easy on the stomach. Plus, they load it with a bunch of good stuff to ignite your work beta alanine, B3, honey, and just a kick of caffeine, about as much as a cup of coffee. I've enjoyed all three flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint, but try it for yourself. Visit builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, for 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. We're talking all things Bears, Buccaneers here with David Harrison from Locked On Buccaneers for this Crossover Thursday podcast. 
And I wanted to dive in a little bit in this Buccaneers-Chargers game from last weekend because it seems like the Buccaneers were trying to put a lot on Justin Herbert's shoulders. And he delivered with some big explosive touchdown passes. I know a lot of that was just Justin Herbert not having a lot of tape on him and him playing a particularly effective game. But why do you think that the deep shots and the big plays were there against this Buccaneers defense? And how does the pass rush play into that? I mean, did was it does Herbert have a lot of time to throw to get those off? Or were his receivers just able to kind of get open quickly and take advantage of mistakes? How does that dynamic work between the Buccaneers' secondary struggles and the time to throw for opposing quarterbacks? Yeah, multiple takeaways I had from that Chargers game. Uh, for one, Justin Herbert is just a good quarterback. Um, I know a lot of people weren't very high on him coming out of Oregon. I'm one of them. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys who kind of said he's being drafted as high as he is because he's a quarterback and everybody overvalues a quarterback position. And I mean, I'm, I'm pleasantly being proven wrong. Um, I went back. I mean, I watched a little bit of Justin Herbert before, you know, the Bucks were getting ready to play him, but then obviously I watched even more as they were getting ready uh, to play him. I mean, Joe Burrow is, is proving that he's everything that he's been advertised to be as well. But Justin Herbert, man, might be, as as surprisingly as it is for where he got drafted, he may be one of the most underrated draft prospects coming out of this thing when we when we look back on it. We'll see. It's only a quarter of the way into the season, so we'll see how he does the rest of the year. But, man, he looks really good and really smart. His football IQ looks to be off the charts right now. And, you know, maybe some of that's beginner's luck. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But uh, And then you have, you have the, the unknown of the wide receivers, right? Two of the Chargers wide receivers that have big plays. I mean, honestly, I knew their names as we were talking about on game and during the tweets and all that stuff because I had them in front of me. Now that I don't have them in front of me, I can't remember their names. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just that's who they are. You know what I mean? They're not Keenan Allens. They're not the Allen Robinsons of the NFL. But at the same time, one of those guys was on practice squad just the week prior to that Buccaneers game. So you come in there as a secondary who's still young. You know what I mean? Carlton Davis is the most uh, experienced player on that, on that, in that secondary. You call him the veteran, I guess. But he's still a very young guy himself. The rest of those guys are, are second-year players. Antoine Winfield Jr. is in his rookie season, and he's looked really good as well, but he's still a rookie. So these other guys come in off the practice squad. There's no real tape on them. You don't really know. You know These DBs are, are lining up across them. I don't know your release. I don't know where you like to go on a certain type of route. I don't know where your shoulders dip and where they don't to, to give off certain routes. You know what I mean? And then what I really like about the Chargers offense, and this is just from me observing, it looked to me like the Chargers really came in offensively and said, how do we throw against the blitz and how do we throw against the pressure that we know you're going to face as a quarterback to Justin Herbert instead of what a lot of defenses do and say, we know this team likes to blitz. How do we stop the blitz? I think the Chargers came in accepting the fact that they weren't going to stop it, They're, that these pass rushers were going to get in. They were going to get into the backfield. Herbert was going to get hit, probably going to get sacked and ex- kind of accepting that fate and then saying, okay, despite that, what can we still do to mitigate that? And, that, and I think that helped Justin Herbert because you see him in there standing in the face of pressure and saying, all right, I know you're about to hit me, but I'm going to do my job anyway. Because if I take this hit, but I connect this 75-yard bomb, that hit feels a little less painful. Whereas if I'm just kind of relying on my offensive line or my running backs to chip and help stop the pass rush and it doesn't happen, well, now we're off of our script. We're off of our game plan because I'm not anticipating you being in there there as much. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that if Nick Foles comes into this game saying, I'm getting blitzed, I'm getting hit, those guys, Shaq Barrett's going to be in my grill, fine. How do I still execute this offense with that happening versus, all right, guys, how do we keep those guys off of Nick Foles? I think the Bears have a better chance if that's the approach they take. You pretty well answered my next question. I was going to ask you, so what does this Bears, like, what does this Bears team have to do to win? Like, what, if, I think we all can kind of sit here and say, yeah, the Buccaneers are the better team. I mean, they, they are pretty clearly the better football team and are expected to win this game. So I, I guess I'd flip it real quickly to Tom Brady. I mean, is there mm-hmm. anything you can, I mean, is there anything specifically that 
works. I mean, it seems like he always kind of finds <laughs> new ways to win. Traditionally, it's been get pressure with four and hope that your seven guys on the back end can cover long enough. But if you can't get pressure, then it's kind of game over and you can't blitz because he's just going to tear your blitz apart. Is there any weakness or any kind of cracks that you've seen thus far this season with Tom that defenses should try and exploit? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think the best way, you know, there, there's the old tried and true, you know, rush him up the middle. Tom Brady doesn't like pressure up the middle. Everybody knows that. Uh, so obviously there's that. But then saying, I think, I, I think honestly, really what it is, is you want to put the Buccaneers in a position where they have to be one dimensional and you're going to have to force it. And, and I mean, you're not going to do it in the first quarter. You're not going to do it in the second quarter. Honestly, you're not going to do it in the third quarter where you're going to beat a Tom Brady led offense. I honestly think is in that fourth quarter when they don't have a choice where you can't, you know, like I said, going into last week, even when the Chargers were up by 17, the Buccaneers are still out there running the ball. Tom Brady's still checking into run plays when he sees that the defense is lined up in a situation where they can take advantage of that with their running backs. And that's what they're going to do. So you have to, first of all, you've got to get to that point, right? You've got to get to that final round in the match. First of all, you've got to exchange blows and, and stick in it. And if you can do that, and then in the fourth quarter, take that late lead or take, you know, a two-score lead even into the fourth quarter, then that's where you force Tom Brady to become just nothing but a passer. You know the running back has now just turned into either a pass blocker or a receiver, and it simplifies things for your defense. And then you just got to keep the gap. That's where defending a wide receiver like Mike Evans is a little bit more advantageous for a better secondary because they're very good at not allowing separation at the break point. And Mike Evans, honestly, not known for all that much separation in the first place. And that's why I like a guy like Scotty Miller in these kinds of, of situations uh, because, he can again, he can open up that defense and he can get separation in a heartbeat if the secondary lets him. Um, so that's really, I mean, to me, that's really where it's going to, it's going to matter is the bears have got to at least hang in there through the first three quarters. And if they can get some sort of a lead to force this Buccaneers offense to, to dedicate themselves just to the pass. I know it sounds weird beat Tom Brady by making him pass the ball, but really if you're, if you're facing a Buccaneers offense, that's just running the ball. It means you're already losing. So that's, that's not a, that's not a hopeful strategy. So you kind of have to put it in a situation where Tom Brady has to throw the ball because it at least means you have a lead. And now you can focus on one part of that offense versus two. Boy, that that's the opposite of what the Bears have had success doing this yeah, season. Yeah. So I don't know that that, that bodes super well for this team. But David, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us in the crossover Thursday. Your Buccaneers analysis is second to none. I was going to say maybe tied with uh, James Yarko over there from Locked On Bucks. But tell everybody a little bit more about uh, where they can get more of your Buccaneers coverage if Bears fans want to learn more about their opponents before kickoff. Absolutely, Lauren. I appreciate it as well. Um, yeah, so for SB Nation, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com. And I actually will be writing uh, a piece on one Bears player. I do it every week. I call it Know Your Enemy. I, I focus in on one Bears player that makes that piques my interest and try to educate some Buccaneers fans about them as best I can. So I'm always happy when I see opposing team fans come in there and either tell me something I missed because, I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm not a Bears beat writer. So if I miss something, I'm always happy to learn. But then I, I, I get really proud when opposing fans come in there and say, man, you nailed uh, you know, this profile, this look at this player. Um, so, so yeah, they can, they, they can definitely check that out. And then, of course, five days a week, uh, James and I over the Locked On Bucks podcast, you know, providing everything we can for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, based on our prior conversations, I have a pretty good guess of who that player is going to be, but I'm not going to spoil yeah. it for the listeners. They got to go <laughs> check out BucksNation.com to find out about a player that Bears fans are pretty keen on this season as well. Yeah, for good reason, too, for good reason. <laughs> Thanks again to David Harrison from Locked On Buccaneers for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll be back tomorrow with your Week 5 Recap Podcast. 
Whatever happens, win, lose, or draw against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we'll break down everything you need to know from the game. Really up and ready for your first thing on Friday morning. So make sure that you tune into that and join us again next week. We'll have a full five-day-a-week slate for you and then an extra long week to prepare for the Carolina Panthers in week six. So we'll have another crossover Thursday coming your way with Bill Rossetti from Locked on Panthers as well. And we're going to keep chugging along. I hope you enjoy the primetime kickoff, the national stage, and I hope you still find a little bit of time to bear down.